Hello and welcome to Professional Disaster. Hey, my name is Matt Norman. And I am Will Heapner. And this is the podcast where we ask each other questions and we try to answer them as best as we can. But we are both still, even though professionals, somewhat of a disaster because we're still just trying to figure out life. We're complex individuals. Yeah, we, we really are. <laughs> and I think that's special. And hey, all of you who are listening to this, you're special too. We're so glad to have you here. So glad to have you listening to us. I feel better. Yeah. My spirits have just been uplifted. So <laughs> it's a good feeling, you know, and, and we're, we're going to have a great episode today where we talk about some things that are uh, that, that we're kind of processing through. We hope that, that you guys enjoy that. We hope that you'll you'll give us some feedback on that, that you'll you'll throw in your thoughts, give us your uh, uh, answers to some of these questions. We're, we're glad to get them. If you have any comments for us, any feedback or anything like that, we'd be glad to get it at our email address, profdisaster2023 at gmail.com. Really thankful for all the people that that have kind of chimed in, and not just through the email, you know, in a lot of different ways. We're we're really just grateful that, that, you know, this is kind of making some people think. And and as we say, I think the beginning and ending of every episode, we don't necessarily figure the things out, but it's just it's just fun to talk about it but also i think it's it's just useful to have a space where we can yeah. think about these Cre- things. creating space for quality conversation and we hope that you are encouraged to to find somebody to have that conversation with maybe talk about things that we didn't talk about maybe there's something that just kind of spurs you into the moment i do want to give a shout out to 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 joe melvin because he he caught me mm, this yeah. week and just told me how much he appreciates the podcast and uh, that means a lot to us. It's yeah. it's encouraging to know that people are listening. It's even more encouraging to know that people are enjoying it. <laughs> 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 that it's helpful. That it's that it's uh, enjoyable. So that's awesome. I I really look forward to the time where someone says, "Yeah, I listen every week. I I really hate it, and I enjoy hate <laughs> listening every week." Though, <laughs> preparing myself mentally for that. That's awesome. I that's it's and it's probably going to be someone that's like really close to us like a parent or <laughs> yeah. I listen cuz I love you but it's garbage. It's like it's it's the it's the hardest hour of my week, Matt. That's what they'll <laughs> say to me. Uh, just just suffering for the Lord. <laughs> well, let's let's get up uh into our warm-up question. How about that? Hmm? Yeah, let's do it. This is what we got for our warm-up question. If time travel were possible, would you go into the future or would you go into the past? Now, I I have to ask you a question because we didn't talk about this. Okay. Because this changes my answer big time. Okay. Can you go back? Can you return back to your... So if you go to the past, do you go back to the future? <laughs> Sorry, I had to throw that. <laughs> I want to start, you know, yeah, humming some of the bars, but it's like, again, yeah. I don't want us to get taken down by Spotify yeah, no, we don't, or something yeah, we don't. like that. But yeah, <laughs> it's a great question. Actually, I mean, technically, I guess that does kind of, that's interesting food for thought. Um, I would go back. I would go backwards okay. in time. That, that's my answer there. I have a pretty snarky response to anybody that would say that they would go f- to the future. I don't know if that's what you're about to answer, but I would just like to go check out some of the, uh, the, 
the stuff that you know you read about in the history books. I just kind of want to see. Did it really happen that way? Is somebody kind of massaging the, mm. the truth a little bit? Um, see, I love that answer. What like my small mindedness, and 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 this is probably uh, pride. Yeah, was only thinking about going back in time to like my own life, like younger, <laughs> younger Will. I was not thinking like longer ago than that. So, <laughs> oh, I love that though. I'm I'm changing my answer in my mind right now. Oh, that's great. But yeah, I, I I I don't know, man. I I went back and forth on this one. I really started with to go back in time, and I didn't think what you thought, which is probably why it led me to to the different different answer but i was just thinking if i went back in time and had any kind of interaction with my younger self i would say the i would end up like there's so many things that i would want to tell myself eat at home save your money (laughs) you know like so like so many things like that and i'm like man but would i just completely obliterate Everything I know, would I end up not meeting my wife, and then I don't have kids? Wow. Like, I mean, they're just the I started. Butterfly effect. Yeah. yeah, man, I was just like that was like terrifying. So I was like, you know what? Forget forget the past. I'm going to the future. It's a compelling argument. I I I, I must admit, I hadn't thought about it from that point of view. I I know to your point. I know I would accidentally say something that I really shouldn't say. Oh, I, yeah. would, I would put some sort of like pressure on myself. And, uh, <laughs> and then, of course, because I'm me, I, I would obsess over that. And then, yes, things would be drastically different. I would, I, I can only share to imagine. So the, 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 one, the one thing that I thought was really cool, well, depending on how far you go into the future, it's really scary because if you decide to go far enough into the future where it's like, there's nothing. Yeah, where's the? It's like you huh, just desert wasteland. Huh, yeah, the just, entire world. Like, wow, this is no fun. So that was like, man, I don't know if I want to risk that if I can't go back. But if you only went like maybe a a generation or two ahead, I I think it would be cool to see what you as a great great grandfather never get to see. Yeah. You'd never yeah. get to see where where your great great like what what's happening to your lineage. So that was a cool thought to me. Yeah. To be able to see like what's the legacy. Yeah, what yeah, what's the legacy and, and but yeah, so what I, I, my, I yeah, I want to know what your your caveat against the, the going into the future is. This is one of my favorite uh kind of warm up questions. Uh, I, I will do uh these types of questions to kind of start off my classes and so i'll kind of have my students we'll we'll do this while we take attendance and so they'll they'll you know kind of go back and forth and then i'll always say no i would only want to go back because you know i'm going i'm going forward in the future every day if i want to go further i just sleep more and then i wake I just, up and i'm there sleep so more. that's obviously not exactly earnest because what you said is exactly right there but you know it's just we'll just put you in a coma <laughs> And then like, you, I wonder what the future's gonna be like. I'll just wait. I'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that is true. I mean, <laughs> to some degree, but like you know, like I said, only only depending on how far you go into the future. If you wanted to see, like, are there ever flying cars? Like, yeah, that's kind of dumb. Man, what's it matter? It's pretty rad though, too. I mean, it's <laughs> rad, but I don't. I think I'm I'm with you. I think I'd rather see, like, pieces of history that like. You it, couldn't unsee. 
sometimes we do this with the with the warm up question where we just kind of interrogate it with so much uh, thoughtfulness, and I'm not against that. But this is one where I do think about it sometimes. I just think about how much misunderstanding has come as a result of someone misinterpreting something that happened in history or in someone's past or something, and then basing, I don't know, an entire movement, an entire country, an entire war or something like that off of it. Man, wouldn't it be cool to go back and just see with with clarity? It's like, yeah. oh, no, these guys did get it wrong. That's not what happened. Um, but, you know, we never to interfere. You know, that's like that's the uh, time traveler's code. We can't interfere. Yeah. <laughs> Forget the code. I don't care. <laughs> Who's, who wrote the code? Wasn't God. So, whatever. Who did write the code? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's move into our uh, question of the pod. And it's a fairly simple question, but mm-hmm. I feel like it. this is going to be a very complex answer. And I'm really kind of anxious to see where this conversation takes us. But I'm yeah. just going to ask you the, the very simple question yeah. of what makes failure so difficult to handle what makes failure so hard to digest Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah it's a it's a really good question because you know what we've always been told is that you know in in any kind of motivational talk or anything like that it's like oh failure is great it's what we learn from it's what we you know it's how we get better and that kind of stuff but when when push comes to shove failure is one of those things that i think 99% 99% of people would all kind of have to agree, yeah, this this kind of sucks, and I don't like the feeling <laughs> of failure, right? Yeah. So why does that happen? I think that's a really good uh, kind of fun question for us to explore. And I think, as with all of our questions, there are many different answers. I'm going to start off with the idea that, you know, failure, that, that kind of fear of failure, that, that struggle with failure, I think comes from a good place, right? Mm. I think it comes from the idea that, we want to do things. We want to be successful and not not just purely for our own selfish reasons. We want to be successful because we want to do, you know, whatever it is. We want to do good work. We want to be good uh, 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 employees. We want to be good spouses. We want to be good parents. And when you realize you screwed something up there, it kind of hurts a little bit because it's like, oh, man, I, 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 I did something that is going to make things more difficult either for myself or for someone else I care about or, or something like that. And there's no getting around that. That's just that's just kind of an annoying, you know, frustrating feeling. Yeah. So, so there's that element there that's that I think is like really altruistic right in, in its sense it's just because we want to we want to do the best job that we can there's nothing wrong with having standards for ourselves and wanting to be you know whatever whatever level of excellent you want to be it's just about okay when i don't meet that mark how well do i process that yeah. and i think that that the problem kind of comes about when we dwell on it too much yeah. Um, so, so I think it can come from the fact that, you know, we just, we want to do good things, but we don't know necessarily how to, how to take it in stride and then use the, the failure to then shift back into progressing, whatever that progression is, you know, being a better, uh, employee, husband, uh, father, you know, whatever, whatever it might be. Yeah. I want to ask you a question. Yeah. One of the pieces that comes along with failure that you can't really there's, n- there's nothing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. Is the way that you feel. Yeah. And so I'm just curious, like, how do you, how do you tackle, the way that you feel, 
in those moments when, when you experience failure? And have you noticed those feelings leading somewhere else as far as this is how I deal with feeling this way? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really good question because I think it's it, it, uh, certainly different for different people. But for me, I kind of grew up with a mindset of wanting to be um, uh, just I don't know necessarily the right way to describe it except by saying a perfectionist, right? You know, I just have a, this this high standard for myself. I want everything to kind of go exactly right. And I really can get into the mindset of beating myself up when things don't go. You know, we can achieve a goal, but if it doesn't go quite the way that yeah. I thought it would, and especially if I kind of internalize on myself that I didn't do everything I could do to make sure it was as smooth as possible, then I'll beat myself up and that'll get into a pretty negative headspace. Would you say that that's akin to, like, let's say you're playing in a team sport and Mm -hmm. you're on a basketball team and your team wins, but you play poorly. Yeah, right, right, right. And it's like, well, you achieved the goal, but you didn't achieve it the way you you know, you wanted to play better. So you're still upset about it. Yeah, that's an excellent way to describe it. You know, it happens sometimes in um, various meetings that I'm in or something like that where, uh, you know, I can contribute, but like, I don't know, all my ideas get shot down. And then the team eventually comes to, uh, you know, a decision. And I just kind of feel like, yeah, but I don't know that I contributed to that. So I feel bad about that a little bit. And that's not that's not a failure per se. You know, there, there are certainly more significant um uh, uh, you know, yeah, but there's mistakes a, or there's, there's like a part of that that I I don't think we realize sometimes, and that is that sometimes wrong answers lead to right answers, right? And sometimes wrong answers. And what I'm saying is, is that sometimes there's a there's a fabric of an idea that that gets pulled oh, that yeah. helps you get somewhere else, and then there's even at the base level of it, we know we don't want to do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I think we we underappreciate the value of not knowing which door to take. No, you're exactly right. And that actually brings me to a, a kind of a good example from um, teaching English composition, right? You know, we have this idea. I have so many students that want to write one draft, right? They just want to write the paper, you know, whatever assignment it is. I just want it over, man. I just want it over. And there's this article that uh, I'm not going to pronounce the the full title of it because it does have a cuss word in the title, (laughs) but uh, but it's this uh, this article that just talks about writing bad first drafts and the idea is that you have to write a bad first draft before you can have a good second draft or you know a a a publishable whatever that publishment public publication might be uh third draft right um but but we all kind of have this problem where we want to kind of get right to the end point of like okay i want to get to the best idea or i want to get to success whatever the success condition would you say as a writer that sometimes i'm saying this because i i do this a lot in sermon preparation sometimes you have to get the garbage out in order to get to the good stuff and and what i mean Mm -hmm. is like there's sometimes where whatever the garbage idea that i started with I don't end up keeping that, but if I hadn't written that, I wouldn't have gotten to 100%. 
right? And, and I think, you know, there's something, and I've done a, a, a fair amount of research about this, there's something cognitively that happens to us when we're able to, you know, get something out of our brain and put it down onto a screen or a page or, or even just sharing it in conversation. Something about releasing it from your mind means that you're not thinking about that anymore. You're now thinking about the next idea or an improvement or revision to the idea. And I think that's true for anything that we have to make an attempt on and we might not do successfully the first time. I like, and, and I know you do too, like I like when, when I'm not, you know, doing my job or, or, you know, kind of doing the whatever you want to call it, intellectual stuff. I like working with my hands. I like building things. I'm not very good at it though. But yeah. what can be really thrilling is just to, you know, try something I've not done before and it might not look the best after it's done. But doing that is a, a a useful experiment for me because it does kind of give me some some idea okay well i could do this a little bit better next time i could i could make it look a little bit more polished i could i could stain it a little bit better next time you know whatever it might be i think the problem sometimes that happens is that again speaking for myself if i get so caught up in the idea of like this has got to look perfect then i'll hesitate right i'll, I'll have a lot of uh, uh reticence to actually experiment or try it and then and then nothing gets done so I think that that's true for just about anything that we do. If you don't try, you know, um, you, you know, you, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, right? Yeah. You know, that that is a different type of failure, but it is one that I think is more palatable to us, right? You know, we can kind of convince ourselves, well, you know, I didn't do it, uh, but I, you know, it probably wouldn't have worked out anyway. So, you know, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of winning by doing that. There, there's something I'm catching underneath the surface here, and I had it written down. And and that is what role do, does do expectations play and mm-hmm. mm-hmm. how harshly you feel that failure? Because what you said is that like when you when you go to build something, even though you're enjoying it and you may build a piece of garbage, you're not upset about it because you your expectations aren't high. This is not something that you've done a lot. This is not something that you just randomly expect yourself to be good at versus here I am going to teach an English class that maybe even potentially Mm -hmm. I've taught before, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't go the way that I thought it would. It doesn't go the way I expected it would. And so now my, my, my level of, of feeling that I'm experiencing through this failure has, has just become heightened. And, and, and I think that I, I just want to speak to this and then, and then you, I'd love to hear what you have to say yeah. is because I feel like we do this a lot as, as parents and I, I guess more so just adults. And I just am thinking it through my context is that you can have a, a conversation with your kid that goes really, really well. And then the next time it goes poorly and you're like, what, what, what happened? happened? Like yeah. what, what, what it like? And I think that every context and every situation is so different and there's so many different variables, especially when, when dealing with humans is, you know, I'm, am, am I in the right frame of mind to speak to this? Am I going to speak at a, at a, at a tone that is easily understood and heard and felt is my, is my daughter or son in a mm-hmm. disposition where it's easier for them to listen? Are they, I mean, and it's as, as simple as, are they hungry? Are they thirsty? Are they <laughs> hydrated? Like, I mean, there's just so much that goes into that. So I think it's so, and not that it's not okay to, 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 to psychoanalyze stuff, uh, maybe for too long. I think you talked about that at the beginning yeah. that you, you kind of can 
hover over something yeah. failure for too long can you obsess know, I, even. yeah i i think it's I, there's this i don't know if it's necessarily an illustration but it helps me think about it it's, it's great to look back because you don't want to repeat your failures but if you look back too long you can trip mm-hmm. because you're not looking where mm-hmm. you're going yeah and so I, I i just didn't know if you want to like speak to expectations and how they play a role and and how deeply you feel that failure one of the videos that I show my students, in, and we use it for a writing assignment, but it, but I also like showing it to them just because I think it's it's useful for, for kind of changing the mindset about it. It's called um, On Being Wrong, and it's this little TED Talk. It's about 15 minutes long, and it's by uh, the, this, this kind of um, psychologist. Her name is Katherine Schultz. Um, and what she talks about is this idea about how we have such a misunderstanding about what it means to be wrong. And she, at one point, she makes this this kind of connection about like what we're taught in schools, you know, yeah. especially younger um, and in like elementary level, especially right, because you're kind of given this this you know let, let, let's just kind of keep it really simple. Let's say there's a spelling test or something like that, and you you have ten words, and if you get all ten words right, then you know you get you know a huge check mark. You get stickers and all this kind of stuff. And then what happens if you get some words wrong? Well, you get you know red X's and you get these notes and things like that. And you're kind of taught this idea that it's like you need to avoid those red X's as much as possible. Which yeah. hey you that's true you do need to do that but it also kind of imprints upon us this idea it's not the end of the world to get one though yeah and and we kind of have to work past just what our our kind of subconscious is telling us sometimes it's like oh man these these red x's are, are terrible i need to avoid them at all costs and so i think those expectations kind of start building when we're really young that mm. you know anytime that i'm wrong or anytime that i fail that's that's really really bad i need to i need to stop that you know as much as possible and and i think changing the way and i and i've kind of approached this recently in how i teach classes myself approaching the idea about learning and and it's not just in the classroom it's learning and anything that we do as a true process of growth is really really important the more that we can do that the more that we can do that for ourselves and and you've talked about this a lot i don't know how much we've talked about it on mic but just the idea about sometimes the most important kind of forgiveness that we have to give is forgiveness to ourselves right and and this idea about how we uh sometimes won't allow ourselves to do that and again i can kind of really speak for myself that way uh, just 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 this week there have been just like a lot of little things that have popped up and none of them are really like super significant or anything that that i'm like i'm, I'm not even necessarily inconveniencing anybody else but i just i just have that kind of high standard for myself and and i don't want to make these kinds of mistakes and you know my gut reaction is to kind of feel like you know this might make it sound overdramatic, but mortified, right? It's like, oh, man, I can't believe I made that mistake. Um, I, I feel like I'm getting better now, though, to the point where I can kind of say, okay, now I know what not to do next time. Yeah. And, and and fortunately, I have a really good support network. My my supervisor at, at the university is is really understanding and, 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 and kind of approaches in guiding me that way. She's like, you know, okay, well, now we know what to do better this next time, you know, um, if, if it seems like I'm not getting it, she'll kind of walk me through, well, what can we do to make sure this doesn't happen again? Isn't isn't it weird that oftentimes, not, not, not all the time, uh, speaking in absolutes is absolutely stupid. Yes. Sorry. (laughs) It's a quotable quote. Uh, isn't it interesting? I don't know if this has been your experience, but it, it seems like 
for me, the people around me are usually far more forgiving of my faults than I am. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. And, and I, I recognize I've been kind of taking over a lot of the conversation here. I have a lot to talk about with my failures, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, but I do want to kind of, you know, ask you about some of that, too. You know, have you seen that to be uh, the case in your life where, you know, you kind of internalize those kinds of like you've talked to me a little bit before about like the idea about incompetence, right? And how yeah. that is just something that you oh, kind of yeah. dwell on a lot. And that's, every day, that's kind of that internalized idea about failure, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, I failed at this, and I'm I'm not good enough or something. What What's your process been with like kind of trying to account for that? First, I want to say I I, I appreciate all that what you've said because. You led me to a great final thought. So okay, great, 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 great. <laughs> now I'm going to listen for my final thought. <laughs> but no, I, man, it is so hard for me because my my trigger is incompetence, and my incompetence almost always leads to anger. And when I am angry, I can almost directly point back to some feeling of failure. You screwed this up. You weren't good enough here. You couldn't prevent this person from feeling this way. Like, I mean, the the list, the list is endless Mm -hmm. of just feeling like a feeling like a failure. And the problem is Matt, is that too many times I allow that to speak to my value. Mm, Yeah. Okay. So I, I think that, I failure is so hard for me because instead of seeing it, what I have to, I'm training myself to see it as a a learning growing opportunity to be different, to be better. Um, And sometimes you get stuck in cycles of failure and there's that behavioral action gap that Paul talks about in scripture where I, I'm doing what I don't want to do and I'm not Mm. doing what I do want to do. And, and that, that can be a really frustrating place to be stuck in because it's like, I I feel helpless. And I think that's where accountability, I think that's where leaning on your Christian brothers and sisters, leaning on the word of God, let, you know, letting some of that, that stuff into you. But at the end of the day, it's, it always has come back to, I, I have to, you know, I, 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 I I don't know that I ever intend to, to make everything spiritual, uh, just because I'm a pastor, but mm-hmm. I think that's been the most freedom in my life is is coming to the conclusion that my value does not lie in my ability mm-hmm. and that my value comes from him. And I've, I've talked a little bit about that before, but it's still like I still feel the way that I feel. So I have to learn to, to notice that trigger in my life and then aspo- respond appropriately to it because, okay, I'm, I'm feeling this way. And I can, lately I've like, I I have to kind of have a little bit of a rhetoric that I speak to myself in my mm-hmm. head, uh, and and kind of a meta way where it's just like, dude, it's it's okay. You mm-hmm. you you're not gonna be perfect. You're not gonna you're you're gonna screw up. Like let it let it go, and and let let this especially I I'm probably better about doing this with preaching. And preaching is one of those things that's really, really hard because you you do it every week, so like you you just kind of ride that emotional roller coaster, and yeah. so much of what you think may be failure or success is dependent on 
the the energy in the room and what what you perceive to be your best versus what is actually effective and there's there's so many there's so many things that go along with that but when i preach a sermon that in my eyes maybe isn't i wouldn't say it's a failure but there were failures in it mm-hmm, there were pieces mm-hmm. of it that i didn't do what I, I like i just see what could have been so much better yeah instead of being like you know what man that stinks instead of doing that it like i feel like i've done a really good job of trying to let that inspire me for next week to say I can, well <laughs> there's as as lead pastor there's always next week <laughs> that's right that's so right. instead of kind of and and the other thing too is that and and maybe it speaks to 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 failure and you, maybe you can speak to this and maybe you've noticed some of this in your life too is that God still works through failure. Yeah. And and what I perceive as a failure maybe was exactly what he wanted to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what he needed to say and how he needed to say it and maybe in my brokenness is is what communicated the truth of his love and and so to to get wrapped up into my ability is what makes me valuable man is to live a life where every failure is is a stab in the in the heart because mm-hmm. it it speaks to to who i am but it's just not true yeah i think there's it, it, i i always love when when we kind of talk about our uh, uh professions because there are while they're very distinct in their own ways there there are so many commonalities but but you're absolutely right i will come out of a class and this happened a lot during the the, the most recent spring semester i was teaching a class i had never taught before so there was a lot of experimentation and there would sometimes i would come out of that class and i'd be like nope that wasn't good that didn't that didn't do it <laughs> that didn't do it that wasn't that was not as uh you know engaging as i wanted it to be or as i thought it would be yeah. um but but at the end of the day it's like you said maybe you know i and of course we want to continually improve and all of those types of things you know but, but what i did was i i still had to acknowledge okay they still got the information that they needed to be ready for the next piece yeah. and then there's another like you said there's a there's next week I'm going to make sure that this, this this middle part here that was really dead and did not work, I'm going to change up the way that we kind of convey the information or, or do an activity or something like that. And and some of it, I think, comes from a certain amount of, uh, you know, uh, you, you mentioned this before, security, right? This idea of being like, okay, it's okay if I make a mistake. Nobody's going to jump down my throat. I'm not going to get fired for, you yeah. know, one bad uh, message or, or one bad class or something like that. We all have good and bad days and, and that kind of stuff just, just happens. But the idea that I want to do better, I think, is is probably the most important thing, that I mm. want to use that kind of experience and get better for next time that's really the important thing to kind of cultivate out of that. Which probably speaks more to character than the actual failure itself does. Yeah, right, 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 right. Now, how to now how to cultivate that can yeah. be can be a challenging thing. I know that when I was first teaching, you know, I was a I was a graduate student. I was, you know, we we were called TAs even though we weren't actually assisting any teachers, but we were fully responsible for for our classes. I would take those 
um, failures, you know, those classes that didn't go very well, I would take them a lot harder. You know, over time, once you do have some successes and you realize, okay, I'm not the worst in the world at this, then, you know, yeah. you can, you, you get a little bit more resilient about that too. Um, I was talking with, I was talking with my wife um, yesterday as we're recording this and uh, it was kind of, you know, I was kind of going through a couple of things that just did not go very well. And she was, understandably very sympathetic and and you know speaking into me you know with a lot of love and kindness and uh and and at one point i realized i was kind of you know i'm i'm complaining too much about this and i even said this to her i, I don't want to make it sound like i'm really down in the dumps about this i'm not I, I i wish things had gone a little bit better but ultimately just a bad day at the office you know we yeah. have these things yeah and and, and that Honestly, you know, we, we don't do this too often, but that was one thing where I could very clearly look at that and say, hey, that's growth, man. This is a lot better than yeah. where you would have been like five <laughs> years ago, where you would have ah! just wanted to, you know, beat myself up about yeah. it um, excessively. And and that's all we can do is just kind of like yeah. hopefully build some of that resilience, you know, feel that confidence in ourselves without maybe the weight of expectations that can sometimes come with that. Cause I think that sometimes happens too. Right. And sometimes you have to, you have to get involved with your niche as far as like your giftedness and your talent and, and how you learn and how you process when you, when you were talking about that, it made me think about my wife. And I think that nobody ever taught, her the way she needed to be taught Mm -hmm, mm because she ended up leaving college and went to massage therapy school and she like knocked it out the park dude i mean because she was doing something hands-on she was doing something and and she's learning like i was kind of like amazed like with if you do a massage therapy like you have to learn all the muscles and the latin names and like yeah that's cool like there's a medical part of that that's like it's not easy it's not a cakewalk I mean, you, you have to learn this stuff and do it. But she finally got into a situation where she was like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm getting straight A's. Mm-hmm. And this is not necessarily easy stuff, but it, I'm learning it in a context that I'm finally like, this is for me. And so I think that that was so freeing for her to, to, because everything else kind of spoke into this narrative. Well, you're, you're just a good student. You're not a great student. But now yeah. finally... And how many of us, maybe our failure is a part of being in the wrong context. Yeah. I think perspective is so important with this because if you feel like all you're doing is, you know, uh, chalking up uh, L's, right? You know, just losing all the time, then you, then, then, then it becomes a lot easier to, to beat yourself up for that. Then I must be a loser. Yeah. And, and I think, man, I, I hadn't thought about it quite in that way before, but you're exactly right. There's, there's. Sometimes I think we can feel like a failure because maybe we just haven't found that that right area, right? That yeah. right area to pour ourselves in. Or maybe we're doing something that we shouldn't be doing yeah. because we're not. I mean, that I, I, I want to be careful here because I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus. But the institution that I graduated from uh, at a at a national championship ring ceremony had somebody sing the national anthem that had no business singing the national anthem. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> because the person couldn't sing. And that's that's not necessarily their fault. Uh I mean the, the, whoever decided that that whoever green-lighted that decision, that was I mean that's mm-hmm. 100% mm-hmm. on them. But it's like who no one no one spoke into that person's life and said, "You know what? You 
you are a gift from God. You are talented. You were put here for a purpose, but that purpose was not singing. And I, I joked with our college, uh, whatever that position is, the, the, college pastor the canvas pastor yeah sorry took my brain a second to get there i said that like there needs to be like a a a resident butthole (laughs) that like tells people like stuff that they don't necessarily (laughs) want to hear but they need to hear because if if i'm i mean they, they let this person go through almost three years of college like they were going to be a worship leader in a church. I see. Yeah. And they couldn't sing. And like, I just think that it is so, I mean, you can, you can say to me, you know, well, that's, it's not very kind of you to tell this person that they can't sing. You know, what's not kind is to let somebody spend thousands of dollars with the idea that they can do something that they can't do. And it doesn't mean that they're a failure. It means that they're in the wrong thing. God has created everybody with purpose and talent, but you have to find that. And you can't, I just think that there's so many people that are feeling such failures for things that, that you're just not gifted there. Or, you're, or and, and maybe it's not even gifted. And I, you know, I was thinking maybe it's just preparedness because how, how many people become parents and they feel like they're doing a terrible job? Like you do the best that you can do. Mm-hmm. And it's not like they gave you a, a, a training manual. It's, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if you remember this, but like when we had Malin and they're like, okay, she's ready to go home. And I'm like, <laughs> like, really? <laughs> like for real, you're trusting us to take this living, breathing child home and to make sure that she lives. Like you're so right. There's something about where they're kind of like, okay, um, get the, get the car seat up here so that we can get the, get, get yeah. Sam in there. And I'm like, Oh, and then it's and then it's that's me, you yeah. know, because it's like Taryn needs to go home and rest. Uh, uh oh. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, you're exactly right. There's so much about the idea about our worth and and what mm. we feel like, you know, we are worth based on successes and failures, and that that's that's honestly probably the the truest kind of most intrinsic part of the answer to this question. It's like, you know, why, why do we place so much value on whether we succeed or fail? And, and I think part and of how it, you define that yeah, success. Yeah. 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 That too. That too. Cause again, some of it's personality driven. Some of it is, is societal, you know, it's just based off of the expectations some that come of from it, it. Is straight dumb luck. Yeah. 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 Like some of the celebrities, <laughs> like, how are they successful? How, like, how did this happen? <laughs> like, some comedians, like, dude, you are not funny. No. No. But it, they found the right niche. They found the right context. They found the right people yeah. that really love what they do. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, you know, I just, they're just so it's it's so complicated. It's so more it's it's so much more complicated than just failure. Yeah, and right. success. You know, and and allowing, I think, failure to drive leading you to success instead of just deciding, well, I'm just a failure. I'll, I'll never be successful. And maybe you'll never be successful at a certain thing, but that's not that doesn't mean you can't be successful in general. And and I would say, dude, I, I would love we, we don't have time. And I think that I would love to dive into this in the future, but I would love to talk about what is success? Yeah, right. You know, 
how do you how do you define that mm-hmm. for you? Because because yeah. that leads a lot into it too. And I'd say how we define success probably determines how much that failure hurts as well. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And the idea of uh, you know our our are we even the ones that are defining our success or failure versus, you know, are we letting outside forces, you know, expectations from society or whatever the case may be really decide that for us? How do we take that back is something that is take control, take ownership over it. That that's a, that's a great question for another time. Probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. We want to transition into uh, most important question. Most important question. This one, this one's kind of a palate cleanser, and this is a fun one for you to chime in on, uh, dear listeners. Uh, Will, I'm going to ask you, what is your favorite parable, and why? I was, I was, I was going to say something sarcastic, but it just didn't happen. I was just going to like say, "Prodigal son." Okay, Matt, your turn. What's your favorite parable? Do you like parables too? I hear they're what Jesus taught us. I was like, I like parables because they teach us what we're supposed to do. <laughs> like, thank you. Yes, that's what they Plain way. Well, this one was uh, pretty easy for me because there's a parable that it really is the prodigal son. I, as much that's as I cool. was joking, there, I would say it's my favorite for a couple reasons. One, it is so, so deep. Yeah. There's so much that you can dig into so many aspects of what's going on. Uh, the father, the prodigal son, the, the the other son. Yeah. Because realistically, biblically, the it sh- should probably be titled the parable of the two sons. Yeah. Because it is the distinction between the two, and the, the parable is spoken to the Pharisees and is spoken to them probably more so that the the highlighted character in that parable probably should be the son that stays home, not the prodigal son. There's a couple interesting things. There's there's the piece where you have three parables back to back, all in the same topic. You have the parable of the lost sheep. Somebody goes and finds the lost sheep. Then you have the parable of the lost coin. Someone goes and finds the lost coin. Then you have the parable of the prodigal son yeah. in which no one goes to find him. And I've, I've heard other people say this, and I think that it's a great thing to sit on. And part of the reason why I love it is that I wonder if some of the, the I guess, the under underneath the surface, Jesus is saying, you, Pharisees, you're the ones that are struggling to love these people. You, you don't even think they should be invited to the party, but it's you that mm-hmm. should be in the distant country going to get your brother back. It should be you going out there to do that. But there, there was something that really st- stood out to me the last time that I read this story. And there's this contention that happens where the, the younger son comes home, the father kills the fattened calf, and then the older brother is upset. And, and he says to the father, you, you never even gave me a goat. Hmm. I've been here my whole life slaving for you, and you never even gave me a goat to celebrate with my friends. And this this... Man, this th- this thing hit me out of nowhere that just said, why in the world did he assume that the fattened calf wasn't for him too? Mm-hmm. Like his assumption was the little brother's home. I've killed the fattened calf just for the little brother. Yeah. But he was already home. So why is it not that the fattened calf has been killed for both of them? It's yeah. for both of them to enjoy. It's for both of them. Like it wasn't just for like... 
there's a part of me that if I was the father, I would say, dude, I just killed the fattened calf for you. Yeah. It's not just for him. Like I'm, I'm thankful that he's home, but we're celebrating because both of you are here. Yeah. But now you're refusing to come into the party. And it's like, I don't know, dude. It, it was just like, a, like it's, it's for all God's children. Yeah. Yeah. We're all together. We should feel togetherness, yeah. you know, in, in this, uh, this shared, you know, um, fellowship, right. You know, um, with our Lord, that's, that's, that's really powerful stuff, man. I, I, I you have highlighted this um, really well in um, previous messages and then and just in some of our uh, conversations too. Uh, I like that parable because it has you know if you kind of look at it, it's it's kind of like it's got a twist ending of a sort, right? You know, like yeah. what you were just describing about the other the other son, right? And and you know you could imagine the Pharisees listening and being like, yeah, that prodigal son, wow, what a what a joke. And then yeah. and then like what you said, just like that guy. just like just being like, oh yeah, of course, okay, yeah, the dad, he's a nice guy. I guess it's just like our father, you know, just yeah. being so derisive yeah. of it. And then you know just thinking about like, okay what's this piece with the brother, you know? And yeah. then, but that's a, but like you said, that's actually the, one of the most important lessons to take from it. That's oh, yeah. so cool. I mean, it's so cool. So smart. It's just well, such and, a beautifully constructed parable. And understanding that this stream of parables came or started from a conversation where they were putting pressure on Jesus that this guy hangs out with sinners. Yeah, right. right. So right. really there's a part of it that, that Jesus is saying, I'm trying to, to save everybody here. Yeah, right, right. It's not just for you. It's the the fat. I am the fattened calf. Yeah, and I, I'm about to be slaughtered. And anybody that drinks my flesh and eats my mm. or drinks my flesh. That's weird. Like in a blender or yeah. something like that. Like, <laughs> that just got even worse. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you at home, we are so sorry. I hope you're not eating. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you're not eating anymore. If you yeah. are. What about you, Matt? Is there is there a favorite parable that you have? I I kind of went back and forth on a lot of them. Um, no no surprise, a lot of them are pretty good. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I came back. I just kind of kept coming back to the idea of the parable of the sower, right? You know, mm. you, you 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 sprinkle these seeds, they fall on all these different, sprinkle, you know, sprinkle you, them you seeds. sprinkle them seeds <laughs> down on all of these different you types. Turned into a farmer there. Going back to my 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 roots on the yeah. eastern shore of Maryland, uh, <laughs> but so these seeds they're falling on all these spots. The majority of them aren't, you know, they don't bear fruit, right? You know, they they either get uh, picked up or they 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 burn out or anything like that. But the the last line of that that parable is so powerful, where it says the other seeds fell on good soil, produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Just the idea that we throw all these seeds out there, you know, um, um, witnessing to people, trying to, you know, um, serve in these different capacities. And it might feel at times that, you know, three-fourths of our efforts are for nothing. Mm. But that one-fourth, it says here, is sometimes a hundred times more than the seeds that were planted. And and what does that look like? You know, how does that spread out? You know, you, you could see like, okay, so yeah, seeds don't necessarily grow up um, from underground, 
in the spots where like the thorns are just for example but but is it not possible that you know in that one spot with the fertile soil they could grow and maybe if it's you know already strong enough you know it spreads out and maybe there is a way to fight against some of those thorny spots but but don't worry about that just focus on the idea that your efforts are not totally in vain they can bear much fruit much grain well you know, i was going to ask is. you too is there a part of that parable that you think is encouragement to keep sowing yeah right like because you you're never you don't know you're never gonna know when it's i mean it's not our job to ju- judge the soil it's just to keep keep planting and, and you can get so discouraged because exactly holy cow i'm i'm sowing seed and it uh, it's not it's not producing anything it builds then, off of our conversation about failure mm-hmm. and, and i think that's part of why it just kind of connected to me as i was preparing for today's uh talk you know it's just this idea about like yeah when you when you do this when you minister whether it's you know in an, in an official you know kind of pastoral capacity or or as a lay person or or you know um a, a a children's volunteer or something like that. There are going to be some days like we had one time where we were teamed up working with the kids uh, in uh, in in like a Sunday evening. That uh, wasn't a situation. professional disaster. That was just a disaster. Any any type of um you know adjective you want to put in front of that disaster, <laughs> it was that. Um, so you can come away from that thinking like, man, I'm just. I'm a failure. I'm not cut out to be, uh, to, to work with, you know, children in, in terms of, in this kind of fashion or something like that. But, you know, just the, just the idea that, yeah, okay. So that lesson or whatever, we didn't, you know, we didn't get to the lesson that day, but, but building that relation, it's not a failure. You know, you're building relationships, you're, 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 you're sowing seeds for something that, that could grow up. And, and you've talked about this, you know, years, decades, maybe even later, we might see the, yeah, the efforts I mean, of that. And I, I'd never thought about this till you said that, but that that night in particular, there was a couple girls that were weren't even my kids that were all over top of me on my shoulders and mm-hmm. in my mm-hmm. lap, and I I think that we we don't always see the impact of what it means to give a child a safe place, yeah, yeah. where they're where they're loved, and you know there's there's some not these girls in particular but i there are times where you'll interact with a child that doesn't have yeah. a a dad that loves them <laughs> or a mom that that loves them and and you you think this is this innocent interaction but it means it can mean the world yeah, I think, and this goes back to what you were just saying too. The idea of you know the just just the way it's described in the parable, right? It's 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 someone who you know is kind of like it gives the idea of right, just kind of like tossing the seeds out. He's not or she's not in control of you know how they're 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 being planted in the ground or anything like that. And sometimes we get so particular. I'm speaking of myself. My wife and I talk about this all the time. We're we're educators. Sometimes we get into this mindset it's like we've got to get through this lesson, you know, with these kids yeah. or something like that. And sometimes it's just not happening. But this just kind of the 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 freedom to kind of say to ourselves, okay, yeah, we didn't get to the lesson, but but like you said, there's they they had a good time. Nobody got hurt. You know, they, they felt like they could be comfortable. They felt like they were in a safe space and they're connecting that with, you know, church, which is really important for us. And we think about that a lot with our, our kids, even when they're acting like buttheads. It's, hey, at least they feel comfortable being in a church building, which yeah. I've gone into plenty of churches where I didn't feel that way myself. So, yeah. you know, there's something about just, hey, at least we created that environment. And maybe that's actually the most important thing mm. we had to do 
we don't need to get too particular about it. So all of that yeah, kind of comes cool. out of the the parable of the sower um, when we when we kind of look at it and just think about it a little bit more. I, I love that kind of stuff. Those parables, pretty good. They're, they're, yeah, it's pretty safe to say that everything that came out of Jesus's mouth was was pretty rad. So yep. All right, let's let's transition to final thoughts. I've been I've been ready for a long time. So you want me to go first or yeah, go ahead. Okay. So it was when you were speaking. One of these days, my final thoughts gonna be like, you know, I said something really cool. <laughs> what a jerk move. Anyways, there was we we talked about failure, and I don't know what me. I don't remember what it was about the conversation, but they got me thinking about um, childhood. Oh, yeah, you were talking about the the red X's. Mm -hmm. And just how innocent or young our minds are and being formed and just how much of our experience as children can feed into how we respond to failure. Mm -hmm. My daughter Malin asked me, a really interesting question. She, I don't remember which episode she listened to one of the podcasts and she had an idea. She said, Oh, it was the, you know, what, what would they be if they were famous? Oh yeah. Okay. She listened to that and she said, dad, you should ask the question. If there was anything about your child that you could change, what would you change it? <laughs> and I kind of felt like super burdened when she asked that question because I thought, goodness gracious this girl's a copy of me because that's how my mind works like yeah you know let's take the let's take the extreme negative approach about this and you know what would you change and i thought about it. i didn't answer it right away because i was like this is this is a trap yeah right <laughs> you're gonna screw this up and so finally like a couple days later i i told malin i said i said if i could change one thing about you I would change. I I wish you were not as hard on yourself as you are when you mm. fail. And I I just thinking about that in myself and in her. And I know that there's genetics and environment and who. I mean, there's so many things that go into this. But I guess my my final thought, final takeaway is that I I have an opportunity to help my daughter. Mm -hmm be able to meet failure better than I did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so the way that I speak to her, the way I respond to her failure, because it sometimes you just get scared and you react and to try as a parent to, to not react and to create a place where it's okay to screw up. It's okay to fail. You're, you're not going to be perfect at this right away. You need to, you need to keep trying. Yeah. Um, but that, that to me, I think is a, is a, something that is such a burden to, to want to be better yeah, and help, help them not view failure as this negative thing, not, not to view it as something that speaks to their value, but just, it's, it's just a part of life mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it helps us grow. I, our our takeaways or our final thoughts are are pretty 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 well aligned this week. Um, I I kind of had two that, that you just that, stole it. That's yeah. that's what you really what you're saying. You just stole. 
I just I like that one, so I'm going to take it. Well, <laughs> so I, I had it written down this idea about you know creating spaces of safety mm. and security and preparation and freedom, right? That's and, cool. And and then like what country, what you were saying because I and I was thinking like yeah that's all good. I think I've probably said something like that in, in one of our other conversations. But then when you were talking about the idea about this this singer who needed some kind of frank you know, yeah. kind accountability, you know, yeah. a little bit more. I was like, oh, that's also got to be an important part of it too. You know, like that's got to be a part of the safety. That has to be a part of the the preparation, right? And so I was like, yes, that's a, that's an important concept. I, as as a leader, you know, in my family, um, in uh, at, at my place of uh, work, right? I want to give my people the 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 kind of the freedom to share of themselves to to contribute ideas to to learn to grow to try things but if i just kind of say like okay do whatever and and that's that's just that's going to be just fine then that's not really helping them at a certain point that actually becomes detrimental Mm. and so it's just kind of a kind of a an important kind of like final uh peek into what comes what comes next too you know it's like yes be be generous be be kind and compassionate to people help them feel encouraged but also remember that there's also a, a degree of you know mentorship that comes into to practice I wonder if that's that. a part of like making yourself feel better about your failures is helping others like taking your eyes off yourself and saying you know other people screw up too and i, yeah, I, I need so to too. help them yeah. understand that it's it, not there's there's probably not a better time that I feel better about something like a failure than when I am sharing it with someone else in order to kind of commiserate or or you know find a shared experience with them. If yeah. I'm working with a with someone that I just observed in their teaching their class and something does not go well, the first thing I will say is, listen, same thing happened to me. I, and students ran all over me in this conversation or something like that. And then here's how I've tried to handle that. You know, there's there's like being able to share when you're also working with someone else's huge that's cool yeah. well we solved it i whelped <laughs> I, I love it when you whelp that's the that's the sign for everybody to just start hitting four yeah. 15 seconds yeah. until the <laughs> thing goes off until, <laughs> until you gotta stay for the music you gotta stay for the music love yeah. our music absolutely yeah, gotta stay for that no thank you guys so much for for listening if you are uh, subscribed to us, man, we're we're grateful for that. Every time we get a listen, it just it just means means the world to us. Yeah, uh, I think we would do it regardless, but it makes it extra special to have you with us on this journey. So, thank yeah. you. Yeah, thank you guys. Have a great week. Peace.